just to launch this conversation. This is our playground. They have spontaneous conversations. They don't plan this. I mean, there's actually something sort of spiritual about that. What's he do? He's a human being. <laughs> yeah, I'm a sexist feminist. We should be friends. <laughs> Hello, everyone. And... Welcome to tonight's episode of The Robin Callie Show. Tonight we're doing something a little bit different. We're being very spontaneous tonight. And tonight's show is something that is unproduced. It's unplanned. I have no notes. I think my co-host and great sister friend doesn't have a lot of notes either. How are you, Callie? Hi, my dear. Well, first of all, the other thing, I mean, before we even get into what we're doing tonight... Mm -hmm. Um, and we used to always tease our early shows like that. We don't plan anything, right? right. It's part of the open. Right. But we're also rocking an old school in that we, it's just us tonight. With Sam, we don't have a guest. And that in and of itself has been, is rare. We haven't done that in a while. That's right. That's right. And it's great. And I've been wanting to do a show like this where, because um, usually we have some structure and everything. And tonight we're, we're really freestyling it. But yes, it, we're back in the studio of talkradio.nyc. Sam, our fearless leader. And our, our uh, Captain Kirk of the spaceship <laughs> is uh, leading us tonight he on likes the board. That. Ooh, he, that made yeah, him happy. Yeah. He likes that one. And um, It's and a contemplative, rainy night outside here in New York City. It is. I was telling the guys when I was walking over in the rain and my umbrella was breaking, I was like, exactly. I was starting to complain. And then I was like, well, Kelly has to take a bus to come to the station. I walk six blocks. So I'm very grateful you did that. And, and it is a, a gray, rainy dark sort of spring night <laughs> <laughs> so let's do a dark show that's right it, well it actually <laughs> coincides with Merc mercury retrograde yes, and let's so talk about that a bit. let's talk about mercury retrograde so for people that don't know what mercury retrograde is it's when mercury actually slows down instead of going forward and i believe that it it actually stands still but it appears like it's going backwards and a lot of times it makes us look at the past and to re-examine and reevaluate and maybe re-decide or renew or whatever. A lot of those re-words I've heard uh, Ann Orderly call it, who's an astrologist that I listen to. And uh, it makes us look at the past and learn from it so we can let go and move on, which is yes. what we're going to talk about tonight. So a lot of times people from our past show up that we haven't talked to in a while, mm -hmm. old boyfriends, girlfriends, friends, mm -hmm. whoever, they show up out of nowhere. And it, it's sort of like ghosts showing up from the past to teach us a lesson and then we can move on. Yeah, it's really it's interesting how it happens. So there's the there's the cliche sort of Mercury retrograde byproducts, right? Where technology gets screwy, communication um, between whomever, just you know, friends, family members, um, becomes more kind of uh, I should say miscommunication becomes more um, prevalent, right? Right. And uh, then, like you said, there's people showing up from the past. Um, I've had it a lot in the last two weeks I think I mentioned it a bit on our last show mm -hmm. where I had people that um, from my past that I thought um, you know that I either that some that I knew well one that I barely knew at all and one that I knew in very closely it was a very very deep formative um, f part of my past in fact we talked about it last week because I was going to see him right after the show oh yeah, yeah, yeah. and so in all three cases and there's been many more these are people that came back into my life unsolicited or where I encountered them and some unsolicited apology came from a, uh, an encounter we had had a year ago or you know the reason we haven't seen each other in a few years or the fact that um, one didn't feel like they were the standout stand-up friend that they had wanted to be all you know like I said unsolicited right um, it's really interesting it can be quite beautiful and then it can also be difficult it can be painful can. and that's what I'm going through tonight everybody you like my segue I like that okay, that good. was very good thank you I am in the most amount of emotional pain I've been in a while. Just to be honest, to let everybody know what's going on with me. And usually on the show, I'm cracking jokes. I'm trying to be funny. I'm going to try and do that tonight. But I'm also going to try and honor the fact that I'm hurting. And uh, my heart um, needs to heal a little. I, I thank Callie and Sam for being here tonight. I walked in. I saw Sam. He had no idea what was going on with me. And he gave me, a, we usually hug before the show. And he gave me a hug. And I said, I need a hug, like a real hug. And I just started bawling. And he's like, let it out, brother. <laughs> and uh, and you too, you know, the hugs tonight. And um, I have so many brothers and sisters in my life who you know who you are. 
you're listening. You're, you're um, in my life for so many different reasons, and I love you all, and I thank you. Um, you know. Do you want to talk about what's going on with you, so everybody's yeah aware of your yeah yeah. So, um, um, I was just going to say when I was growing up that um, my parents did the best they could. They really did, but I really didn't have a lot of people to talk to. And so they weren't raised that way. And I don't think they had the ability to. They had a lot going on with themselves. And so the fact that I have so many people I can talk to these days is such a gift to me. You know, everything else that we talk about on the show, being single, not having the right gig or whatever, like that'll all work itself out. If I'm still alone in my life, then I am lost. And the fact that I have such a crew, such a inner circle, such a tribe I can rely on, I really appreciate. Yeah, it's important, the tribe thing, especially when you're going through tough stuff. Yeah, so what happened for me, guys, here's what happened to everybody. You're like, what is going on with Rob? Um, I had a girlfriend who was a great girlfriend, the best girlfriend I've ever had. I've talked about her on the show. It was the most meaningful, romantic relationship I ever had. I worked a lot on myself to welcome a woman like this into my life. And it was a really great relationship. It was like a college dorm romance that we had, even though we were in our 30s. And the first year and a half was great and so much fun. And we were great playmates, you know, and not just sexually, in every way. You know, we just really loved being together. And I could make her laugh. And we laughed a lot. And we just had a lot of fun. And then the the last year of the relationship was not as great. And a lot of issues got in the way. And eventually, I decided that I thought it would be best if we break up. And um, I just never saw us going the long run. I never saw us moving in together or getting married. I just never really saw that. And at the end of the relationship, it just was clear to me that I had a a decision to make and, and to eventually, um, break up. And it, it was tough because I really love her still. And I really care about her. And, um, so this was a while ago and you know, I started dating right away and she didn't, and she took a lot of time to herself and, and, um, so I was texting her the other day. She texted me out of nowhere. Uh, cause our, even our friendship in the last year or two had sort of gotten a lot of distance, mm-hmm. you know? And, uh, but she texted me and, um, we were talking and I had a feeling that she was seeing someone and that's why she wasn't returning certain texts or calling as quickly as she does. And, and as it turns out, she is seeing someone else and it just hurts so much. And, you know, I was thinking about Beyonce's song, you know, if you like it, then you better put a ring on it. Don't be mad. You know, you, you know, you're the one who did that. And it's true. And I love it's how, like, you're com- how you have like a good metaphor with Beyonce. Yeah, well, it's, I life. was thinking about this, you know, while I was getting ready. I'm like, you know, it's true. Yeah, I decided that we, I wasn't, you know, we weren't going to get married. We weren't going to move in. And it was time to part ways. But at the same time, it's just painful to see her with someone else. And, um, I'm so happy for her. And I told her that I wish her the best. I want the best for her, but I've never really gone through this in a way because I've never really had a girlfriend that I kept in touch with, that I was friends with after we broke up, that we were able to maintain a friendship as long as we did. And, um, so this is all new territory for me. And I'm like, what better fodder for the air? What better, you know, stuff to talk about than a real show where I'm going through my shit, I'm going through my stuff and, you know, maybe I can help someone else out there who's in pain or going through their stuff. So that's how I came up with the topic. In fact, last week on last week's show, I opened the show by saying Mercury retrograde is kicking my ass a little. Is that when you found out? Is that when it first? Yeah. That's when you first got triggered by all this. Yeah. And so it's been like a week of crying on and off and reminiscing and looking at the past. And I haven't really gotten that far into emails, you know, looking at past emails. I looked at some pictures, you know, I have a great video of a birthday of hers that I filmed when I surprised her with gifts and stuff. And, and I, love her i mean she's one of my favorite people in the world yeah you've always said that about her it's true and and uh it just was not meant to be it it, you know for all all purposes i guess you know it wasn't beshert and and we went as far as we could and now she's moving on in her life as she should and as as i want her to it's just like there's a part of me that's like sad yeah 
which is understandable. Yeah. Because it's almost like you're going through a breakup twice. Yeah, exactly. Right? Because you went through the, the, the first, the real one, if for lack of a better word. Right. And then this one is the you, I mean, you tell me more like the residual one or the. Yeah. Well, this is like a delayed one in, mm-hmm. in the sense like this is part two. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, the first part was when we broke up. And even though I started dating right away, I still was sad. I still went through a grieving of missing her. And and, you know, we spent almost every day together for like over two years. That's a long time. And um, and it's like I, I went through a grieving and then um you know, eventually I, I started to get back out there and, and then I went through my own sort of needing to be by myself for a while. You know, there's a reason why I'm still single in the sense that I still had work to do or healing to do and I needed time to myself. It's just that, yeah, this is like a delayed grieving that I was not expecting. And it's like, here's the here's how the human mind works. OK, please let me know. I'm, I'm going to tell you guys. I'm a little confounded about that. All right, I'm going to tell you guys something. I was trying to set her up like years after we broke up, like, you know, like I, I wanted her to be with someone else. And I was actually trying to set her up, not knowing that when she finally would find someone that I would get triggered and I would feel jealous and hurt. And a part of me wouldn't want her to move on because, you know, maybe, uh, you know, we should still be together or maybe there would have been something I could have done to keep us together or whatever. You know, maybe I made a mistake and it was the wrong decision. And that's, the, the funniest thing about all this, here I was trying to set her up, and now that she's found someone, it's like, you know, I'm upset. And it's like, it really, it's like a, a friend of mine said b- before the show, when I came over, I was talking to him just to get some support. And uh, Danny G, love you. Thank you, bro. Um, and uh, I was talking to him, and he said to me, this really isn't about, it's not about anyone. It's I was ab- just going to ask you the same question. Yeah, it's, it's about... It's about um, it's about the grieving. That's yeah. what it's about. Yeah. So I want to go. Well, we um, we're about to go to a break, right? So yeah. um, I'll ask you a quick question, then when we come back. I'd like to hear your answer to it. Yeah. Um, did you really mean it when you were trying to fix her up? Okay. Sounds like a good question. How's that for a cliffhanger? It's a good cliffhanger. When you guys come back, you'll hear the rest of Rob's therapy session. <laughs> And welcome back to the Rob and Callie show here at talkradio.nyc. We, Rob and I are, t- are rocking at old school tonight. It's just the two of us having a serious, so- somewhat somber, contemplative conversation. Just like we used as, to. <laughs> just, this is sort that's of how what, it that's what, This is how it started. This is how we thought <laughs> of the is. show. We're like, you know, we should take this great conversation that's so depressing well, for the we, both of us and it share great. it to the world. <laughs> yeah, it's true. I just got to find... I mean, that's really... What, what you're worried about Trump? Just listen to me. You'll forget <laughs> all about him. <laughs> yeah, this was what we used to do Sunday mornings for years and years that's and years. Right. That's you right. You know, talking about our shit. Yeah. And so we we're. this is full circle, baby. Yep. So, and I'm glad that you... You, you know, we have moments we can laugh about it because I know it's been a rough week for you. Um, yeah. So before the break, we were talking about your um, this very special, important relationship to you and how yeah. you're kind of going through the second breakup now that you know that um, she is dating somebody else. The first time you're experiencing that. Right. And you said that you felt um, that you had at one point um, offered to fix her up or tried to fix her up. And I wanted to know if that was genuinely authentic in the moment absolutely i mean i i want her to be with the best man she can find and i thought if i could help her do that great you know um and you were that detached from your love and the sexual energy and the romantic energy that you really could have handled that or you did handle that well i could handle setting them up what i didn't know is that i would get jealous once she was actually with somebody i didn't know that yeah i guess there's no way for you to know yeah and so i remember the first time she started to tell me because we were friends you know at that point and she started to tell me about some guy she had a crush on and she was telling me details and i had told her about some girls i had dated and you know had many relationships with you know and stuff like that and you know she got a little jealous but she was trying to be supportive of me and things like that and so when she started to tell me about some guy she had a crush on, I started to get really jealous. I'm like, oh, my, I'm getting jealous. I was trying to set her up like a year before this, you know. And um, and then, you know, I'm glad you, you brought up the sexual stuff because we had really good sexual chemistry. And, and it's like 
as her friend, there were times where I really had to discipline myself and watch out for that part of myself and not try and seduce her or go for a booty call or anything like that. Not that she may have gone for it, but it's like I didn't even go there because I cared about her so much, you know? And so it's like, yeah, I was really just trying to help her out. And two things. Well, first of all, just to go back to that, if I were... Um, in her shoes, and that's why I asked you this question, as a woman in that relationship, Mm. um, knowing that we were breaking up and loved each other and had a beautiful foundation of a friendship, I would still be probably heart-wrenched that my very recently, you know, um, uh, ex-boyfriend was offering to fix me up. Like, that would have hurt me deeply. So that's why it's interesting to hear that you were really okay about it, you know? Well, but it sounds like you're talking about that she... You're surprised she was okay with it. Well, I don't know how she was or would right. it. Yeah, but so enough, that would have been a really, yeah, that would have been a. Yeah, enough hurt. time had passed yeah. where yeah, we were I really see. friends at that point. I see. And it was like, you know, yeah, let me try and help a, a good friend of mine, you know. So I wanted to say one other thing to you, the point you just brought up, because I know you and I've been, you know, I knew you through this relationship. And mm-hmm. the one thing I can say, and I said this to you on the phone earlier, and I want to stress it again. For the masses to hear, because I think it's such an important thing, especially yeah, for, for people to hear, I was going to say men, but for people to hear, mm. is that you always acted with such integrity while you were, after you were broken up, because you, and both of you were single, and you get lonely, you get horny, you get, you know, you, you crave or um, pine for that beautiful relationship. That never goes away when you have the mm. right thing and you guys are kindred spirits on certain levels yeah. um you never cave to that and i always commend you that's like a real man like that's a man of character right there and so I, i've said that to you before but i mean that well i tried to do the best i could i mean there were times where it may have gotten a little messy and convoluted we weren't really sure you know after we broke up right, well 80 percent of the time yeah, no, with integrity, no, but, but i know but, you resist no, a lot right no but basically i would talk to friends and say like you know i'm lonely but you know it's like i'm not going to do that to her i don't want to mess with her head and and we have boundaries or whatever or you know we're in separate parts of our lives now and it's more important for me to get through the loneliness you know um I just want to say that, you know, I was thinking also about Bruce Springsteen's song, uh, Leap of Faith. It takes a leap of faith. You got to show some guts. And this takes guts to come on the air and talk about this. I just want to put that out there. Um, This isn't necessarily easy. In another way, it is because that's what our show is about, being transparent. Yeah, I'm a life coach. Yeah, I try and help a lot of people. And I think I have helped a lot of people and I continue to. But part of being a life coach is learning the lessons myself. And it's going through pain and no pain, no gain, you know. Yeah, well, if you're a healer, anybody who's a light worker works in some sort of healing art or, you know, desires to serve people in whatever way, yeah. you know, are often the most um, sensitive or susceptible to life, what life doles out. Yeah. And you can't heal other people until you heal thyself. And often you're healing yourself through healing other people. Yeah. You know, so yeah. that's a perfect formula. Yeah, I, you know, I went through a a breakup. The last time I went through this was, I think, three years ago. And um, it hurt a lot. I remember Um, her. Yeah, it hurt a lot. And uh, at the same time, it's like, this is different. You know, this was so much more meaningful because it was such a longer period of time with so many memories and and such meaning. You know, I mean... um, I remember my dad was passing away and she was with me there. And um, it's like, you know, that person's part of your life forever, you know. Right, when you go through tough stuff, especially. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that's always, that's even the measure of who we choose to bring to be in our lives anyway. Um, at least I speak for you and I and people that we know yeah. is those that were that walk through all the mucky icky stuff with you I mean to me that's the measure of a real friend lover partner you know to start with so yeah. that's indelible you know those kinds of connections don't go anywhere well I remember one time I have a great story about her I remember one night and we were dating um, I don't know like three four months and in the beginning I broke with broke up with her twice because I was so afraid about getting close. I was so good at being avoidable and, and sort of like, um, being, uh, unavailable in a way. And I was just scared of getting close. It was really the first time I'd ever stood still like that and let a healthy woman get close to me. And I remember one night 
I started, uh, I got upset about something and I, and we lived a block from each other. And sometimes we would say goodbye at the corner and then she go to her place. I go to mine. And I remember I kind of just stormed off, you know, and I went down the block to my building. I walk up the stairs and I put, I'm like going to put the key in the door and I turn around and she's standing right there in front of the building. And I was like, this woman, like, she's got courage. Like, you know, she's, she's tough. Like, she's just going to stand there and be like, I still like you, even though, you know, whatever you're upset about, um, I still like you. And, and I, I'll, you know, I'll always remember that. So do you want to talk about what you think's going on now? Yeah. So, cause I'm curious what the depths of the trigger are because, you know, today I, um, when we were on the phone, I remember the words of um, a guest that we had on a lovely, wonderful guest we had on about a month ago, Karina Virginia, who's mm. a, a mindfulness coach and Kundalini yoga instructor and author. Yeah. And I remember when she, and you know what I'm, um, I'm pretty sure it was on our show, if not another podcast that I am, that I interviewed her for. Mm. And she, um, simplified you know broke down all the sort of pain and suffering that we as human beings go um, feel Mm -hmm. and go through Mm -hmm. will always harken back to three very basic fundamental pains that we experience at a very very young age one's abandonment one's betrayal and one's rejection right right Right. so i'm curious if any of that resonates for you and if this is so much about this lovely woman Mm -hmm. as it is about something else yeah, none of that resonates. I, so I don't know where we're going to go from it. No, no, I'm just kidding. Actually, all of it resonates. I actually fell for that for three seconds. Right, right, right. <laughs> right. So um, it's funny because I remember, well, I tell people, I'm like, when people are in the worst pain, you get to see who they really are. And I guess, like, I'm seeing who I really am tonight, you know, because, y'all, I have been in a lot of pain lately. Um, I mean, like, not sleeping well, not eating a lot, that kind of stuff. And, Anyway, um, yeah, it, I think it has to do with all that. Um, you know, I, I think it goes back to family stuff. You know, um, I come from a divorced family, which I cared a lot about when I was a little kid. And um, I always felt like I was an adult when I was four or five years old. And when my parents split up at five, I felt like I was the man of the house kind of looking out for everybody. And... Um, it just upset me that the family didn't stay together. Um, and I think in my family, we, you know, we've just had a lot of w- wars over the years and battles and scars and wounds. And it, it was tough. And so I'm sure, you know, I'm not even thinking straight lately, but I'm sure a lot of this goes back to the fact that, you know, this woman loved me better than anyone has ever loved me in my entire life. And, I mean, from the nurturing to affection to making dinners to surprising me with a shirt she saw in a store, like getting me cards and her handwriting was so beautiful and what she would write in them. Like just we had so many special things and nice things that I just didn't experience as a kid. Yeah. Yeah. So when you find that in your life and then you um, you get the gift of knowing what that feels like, that's a beautiful thing. And then, and I don't want to start analyzing because I know it's still too raw. So I'm going to be want to be careful. But we also need content for everybody to listen right. to tonight. Um, is that then we start attaching that kind of filling up stuff with the person, right? And it's never to minimize how special that person is. But ultimately, it's not really about the person so much as it's about the things that you know were that were given to us inside of that dynamic right right or the taste that we had for it right right so then i guess the next part that comes which you know again that comes when it you have to feel the feelings we always talk about that here we're big proponents of feeling like shit until you just don't have to anymore yeah within reason unless you really are getting too deep in or you really you know um something biochemical is happening or you feel like you you know you're not functioning in your life then certainly you need to seek professional help so we you know definitely support that right um but all the gray in between suggests that you know you can't skip steps and right now you're just in what you're feeling right right Right. and i call it clearing a space for love and abundance to have a home yeah and part of it is sometimes feeling the pain and and i tell people and i've been doing this myself this week just dive into the pain go right into the pain don't avoid it you know, like I used to smoke cigarettes. I'm not going to pick up a cigarette over this. I'm not going to do other things that will distract me too much from it. I've just been trying to feel it, and it just hurts. And I'm literally walking around my apartment like, 
ow, this hurts. Like, I just don't want to feel this, you know, and it, it's part of growth and it's part of healing really. And when we talk about these childhood wounds that go so far back, it's like when we feel that and we actually get the sadness out and we get all the toxins out and the tears and we just cry it out in a healthy way and get all that energy out of our system, then we can heal where we can welcome the next part of our life and we can let go and move on from the past so that we can welcome the new. Yeah. And that's what I'm looking forward to. Yeah. Right before I came over here and this, um, this, uh, you know, this is, she's one of my favorite writer teachers is, um, Pema Chodron, who's the, um, uh, Buddhist nun and, and author. Um, I, you know, I've for years turned to her and find her to be really spectacular and special. So I just, I can't support her enough. If anybody's in listening and just in need of somebody to help them get through dark, places without you know in a very gentle non-denominational relatable way i highly recommend it yeah i happen to be um, carrying one of her books <laughs> with me funny. a very thick one in my purse tonight one volume and um and i just before i i i, I usually get here a little bit early so i go to the c- coffee place down the street and i just opened it up just to see which page it would land on and it was so apropos to what we're talking about tonight um which had to do with just you know the idea that most people don't realize and recognize that when you have like the really tough dark icky mucky shitty you know challenging feelings are your greatest friends there's such opportunities and that you use the word and you've used this um, this expression before if you're a spiritual warrior you recognize the value and the gift that you have inside of that it's not easy it's not fun it's not pretty it doesn't feel nice yeah but it feels nice once you walk through it right you know it really does it's it's pretty amazing what can happen if you just keep walking toward it because walking away from it or trying to resist it or trying to you know vice it away or put a band-aid on it or neglect it really just perpetuates it and just you know digs itself a deeper hole into your body and then all kinds of gnarly things come from that yeah and it's you know it's i've needed so much support this week i mean it's incredible and you know just Melissa, thank you so much. Love you, honey. Like just, you know, sisters and brothers and <laughs> shout outs. Oh, Lord. Like, yeah, it's oh, just, you know, a lot them. of people, a lot of people. And, uh, you know, we all need support to get through the tough times. So if you're listening and you're going through a tough time, please call somebody or text somebody or email them or do something to connect with another human being. With that, we're going to go to break and we'll be right back. Welcome back to the Robin Kelly Show. Tonight we're talking about letting go, moving on. And uh, that's what Rob's doing. Rob is in the process of, of letting go, moving on in my life. And uh, um, I like how I went third person right back to first person in the same sentence. That's pretty tricky to do. So um, That's a talent, man. Yeah, yeah, let me tell you. So, um So, yeah, you know, there's no pain like heartbreak and, you know, there's no trouble like girl trouble and uh, or boy trouble or boy trouble. Thank you. Let's keep it. Let's keep the seesaw. Absolutely. I never want to forget the girls. And um, and yeah, you know, it's like um, a friend said to me that uh, if I weren't single, this wouldn't bother me as much. And, you know, he's right. And and I know that, like, you know, I think a part of me feels like. I sh- I should be with somebody and why am I not with somebody and you know I've done a lot to be with somebody and you know whatever the reasons of the universe it's just not the right time yet and um I also looked at it you know when you say what's going on with me I I looked at the fact that I think I do have a part of me that doesn't believe that I'll meet someone and I'm going to be the old guy eating soup by himself in the restaurant and um and I have to face that sometimes and and talk to that part of me and say that's probably not going to happen and, um, you know, I think it's just low self-esteem sometimes, you know, as good as I am at helping other people with their love lives and helping friends and, and people I care about, um, there's still a part of me. And as much as I, I'm, I'm proud of myself more than I've ever been, my life is better than it's ever been. And I feel really confident about a lot of things and all the progress and work I've done. Um, I still have like some low self-esteem where I'm like, I don't know, like what girl's going to put up with me, you know? And, um, 
you know, I don't know if that's holding me back from meeting someone. I really think it just hasn't been the right time. I think I had other things to focus on, you know, before that happens. Yeah. Well, you know that I have no idea what you mean about the fear of being alone the rest of my life. Yeah. I've really, it's like a new concept. For yeah. Me. I figure you just skip that one and move on. <laughs> You'd be like, yeah, oh maybe my. you could explain that to me. <laughs> I'm thinking, how many times have I called you from like one of my, you know, mad escapist car rides where I'm like driving up the Hudson River because it's always my my route, you know? Yeah. I, oh my gosh, I'm getting such a flashback. This was years ago and I was, and I was sobbing to you about some lover or some broken heart or some single attack I was having yeah and you know yeah it was definitely a person but it just wasn't wasn't working out and you said you know I promise you sister you're this you're that this is just a preview of things to come you know like I wish that I could project back on you all the different times that you've given me you know advice or help to remind me that you know um that fear or is or the you know that it's irrational number one and that it's um it's and that it's temporary yeah you know but I do think it's important because it's um in some ways what you're experiencing and not to be melodramatic um you know on behalf of people that might be experiencing a literal death but any loss in life or heartbreak or you know job loss or friendship or whatever it may be is a death on some level you yeah. know and it's an ending and there's a finality to it and there isn't because you never really know what's going to happen right. but in the moment it feels that way and so it's very understandable to think you know to to also lose hope and faith at the same time that you're struggling with that, you know, yeah. in the moment, because you're just in the darkness of it all, you know? It's very hard to have some sense of faith or a sense of self-esteem when you're struggling with pain at the same time. You yeah. Know, it takes some time. So it's just, you know, just to give ourselves the opportunity to sort of grieve, which is exactly what you're doing. Yeah, yeah, and it you does know? take time. You're right. You know, eventually the pain wears off, and, you know, then you can get to some acceptance and, and you know, get back to like real heartfelt joy in yeah. your life. But, um, it is the end of an era. You know, it's like, I went back to that neighborhood cause my accountant is still there and I was walking around the neighborhood. We're all over that neighborhood. So many memories there. And it's like the end of an era. And, uh, that means the beginning of a new era. Yeah. Well, so it was someone else that I'll meet, you yeah. know? And so I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Um, yeah. Cause I struggle with this too. And we talked about this earlier. Um, it, you know, because I can see this for you being on the outside, but I see it as just one of those really deep clearings where you just have to kind of pluck out all the old overgrown weeds and till the soil and wait for the sun to come out and wait for this goddamn retrograde to end or whatever it is that, you know, um, that you, that you believe in and, um, and make space, you know, and I struggled with this myself too, on a lot of levels, which is how pure do I have to be about this making space thing? Yeah. You know, does it have to be like super clean? Cause there've been times where I've tried to keep everything so neat and so clean and almost, you know, taken too much accountability or created so much space without, for example, dating the wrong person or having a little affair that wasn't as meaningful as I want or taking a job that um, you know, where I felt like it was disingenuous, whatever it is, you right. know, how much space do we really have to make? Like how clean does it have to be for the, the right thing, person, situation to come in? I don't know the answer, you know? Well, well, it's like you hear all the time that you find someone when you least expect it, you know, when you're not looking, that's when you'll meet someone when you're happiest, that's when you attract someone. And I tell you, I've been trying to do all that, yeah. you know? And, and I mean, I remember, I think it was, uh, Two summers ago, I didn't date at all, which was a big deal for me. Like, no dating apps, no nothing. I'm just going to hang out, you know, and and just enjoy life as much as possible. So, you know, I really tried a lot. Tonight, I I have no answers. But um, the other thing is um, uh, a friend of mine um, I was talking to um, on Sunday night, and I was crying to her. And this is an old friend of mine. I knew her when I lived in Florida, and now she lives in the city. And... um, So we were talking and she was telling me about a Jewish matchmaker that she knows who does it like professionally. Yeah. But more like you want to sing from Fiddler on the Roof. Yeah. But but it's like 21st century kind of, you know, matchmaking. And uh, the matchmaker has been successful helping 44 couples get married. Which is a lot when you think about it. It's also a very interesting auspicious number numerologically. Okay. By the way. There you go. So. 
What the matchmaker said is that a lot of times people will come to her and there's someone in their life, an old love that they, they need to get rid of. They haven't gotten rid of them yet. And so they have to clear that space for someone new to come into their life. So they get rid of that person. Then the next person they usually attract, it's like almost but not quite. It's not really a good fit for the long run. And so they have to get rid of them. And then after they get rid of them, that's usually when they meet their beshert. That's when they meet their soulmate. And so I, I found that kind of interesting. And I was thinking, in a way, this relationship was almost not quite. And so maybe I prepared myself for Bouchert or yeah. a soulmate. Yeah. And on a good day, you, as we all you know, will remember, that everything is, takes us and propels us to the next place. Right. And the next person and the next situation. Always. This is all fluid and it's all temporary and it's all moving even when it feels like it's going backwards or when it feels like it's not moving at all. That's my big thing is inertia. That's like probably one of my bigger struggles on the planet. Right. Um, but yeah, everything is taking you to the next thing. Now, my question about that, because it kind of <laughs> mm-hmm. when you get to be a certain age and you're defying gravity and you're trying to keep everything, you know, held up for a while and still looking as good as you can. Does it still apply? Does it still come in the threes or does that does it happen more quickly? I don't know. I mean, I, I hope you know, that only plays like in your 20s. Yeah. And and also, I you know, I would think that by now, Callie, you've made it to like three, <laughs> like Mr. Right. I hope I'm at. The, yeah, I, hope I I'm think you you in the three zone. Yeah, no, definitely. I, I would think so. But um, but yeah, it's, you know, <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> um, we can go ahead. Were you going to say something? No, else? no. So I'd like to, you know, if can we broaden this out a little bit? Just yeah, to, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, is, is there anything else that you wanted to share just about how, how are you feeling now, number one? I feel a little better. And a little lighter than you were. Yeah, just, you know, appreciate everybody listening. Um, so I, I think um, it would be helpful to broaden this out. You know, when I was thinking about what I could contribute to this conversation um, tonight, you know, um, and we're calling it moving on, um, letting go, whatever, <clears throat> you know, whatever wording we're going to. Um, use you know I was thinking of other examples like in my life that are resonating for me more just because of where I'm at you know and it comes in so many different forms like there's there's force letting go moving on um, because either someone passes away or you get an illness or something large you know or you break up with somebody because you need to Um, there's chosen moving on and letting go um, or I'm sorry, let me go back to another. Another one might be that you lost your job, you know, and you have to sort of reinvent your identity and kind of let go and move on from the person that you were. Mm-hmm. You know, I just think it's important to think of all the ways that this is really relatable. Right. Um, and I'm looking, I'm still not cheating. I'm not looking at my notes because I do have all this written down and now my brain's going a little blank. But, um, you know, and then there's versions that have to do with friendships, you know, um, where uh, it could be that someone doesn't want to meet you in the middle and doesn't want to do this, either doesn't have the same priority anymore for the relationship to work or has outgrown it or doesn't want to face it or doesn't want to apologize or doesn't want to meet you in the middle. You know, I have a, I have, um, a, f- a little bit of that going on mm-hmm. um, where I feel like there's somebody that I n- need to let go of and I, which is, you know, makes me very, very sad. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just feel like, you know, I just I feel like it's important just to recognize that there's so many ways in which these things come up. And then mm-hmm. again, there's letting go of things within yourself. Right. You know, if I think about moving on or letting go for me these days, it's probably more in the day to day, more mundane version um, with all the I'm struggling with a lot of things right now. Most things, actually. Um, and so while my life in my mind's eye and my life day to day don't match I'm struggling with just moving on from the attachment of what it looks like or moving on from the fact that something didn't go my way or I have a challenge with you know different aspects of my life aging parents money creativity romance whatever it might be so um you know, I think that these lessons and everything that we're saying really apply to all different forms of this because yeah. it really always has to do with just letting yourself feel it and at the same time giving yourself the space to try to move forward. Yeah. And it's like whenever we lose someone or something that means something to us or we care about, it's sad. It's just sad. You know, it's like a little kid. If they lost a, a friend they used to play with, you know, they'd be sad about it. And there's no difference because we're adults. And, um, 
as yeah. much as we'd like to <laughs> I'd like to think so. I know I know yeah, it, it, it you all know, goes back to the sandbox really it does it does and it's important to honor that you know one of the things I wanted to talk about maybe we'll finish up the show talking about it I've been really judging myself that I've been so upset I've been beating myself up because I'm upset I'm like what is wrong with me like why am I so upset about this this was you know years ago and and uh and it's like, you know, why am I jealous and why do I even care? And, you know, my life is great. And it's like, well, I'm a human being, you know, and from my therapist to friends to people I talk to, they're like, everyone feels this way when they go through a breakup. Everyone feels this way when they care about someone and they're not in their life anymore. It's just part of the human experience. Yeah. And it also might not be rational. And it could be about a lot of other things that are going on that you might not even be in touch with yet. Mm. beyond that i don't want to minimize oh, you mean there's more <laughs> i'm not saying oh it's going to feel worse than it does but i'm saying there might be some other light that gets sh- shown on you know on other aspects that you don't even know about today yeah you know that's true that's true yeah i i just hope a a, a kleenex isn't involved with those <laughs> lessons anyway so we're going to head to our last break and we'll be right back And welcome back to the final quarter of the Robin Kelly Show here on talkradio.nyc. We're rocking it old school with a nice, quiet, simple, raw conversation, sort of reminiscent of the way we started the show back in the 1970s, it feels like, a few years ago. <laughs> um, and we were talking about the idea of being in pain, um, how that can be, a um, well, kind of a forceful motivator to let go mm-hmm. and to move forward with our lives. Mm-hmm. So what have we learned? What can we do to sort of extrapolate, if that's the word, from your current situation to help other people that are listening? What do you think? Well... I think the first thing is if you're hurting, say something, say, ouch, don't hold it in. (laughs) Don't keep it a secret. It's so important. You know, again, a little kid, they bump their knee, they say, ouch, Mm. you know, they get a hug. So please, if you're hurting or if you know anyone who's hurting, say something or get a hug. That's nice. Yeah. Is that it? I'm looking to you. I'm like, I don't know. What do I know? Yeah. No, the other thing is really honor yourself. You know, like I'm really, I love messy sharing. I love people that are messy and crying and upset and being real. We almost called this show, keep it real. And tonight I was like, we're going to keep it real tonight, y'all. And it's like, I love that about life. You know, I can only talk about small talk or the weather so much and I can do that really well. (laughs) Like I can go to a party and joke around and I can do that. But then eventually I want to hear how you are, what's going on or or, you know, what are your dreams? What are your aspirations? You know, what are your passions? What, what kind of things are you building in your life that you're scared to build and you need support with to keep building? You know, right. it's like, I want to know all that. Yeah. And so that's just as important as anything. If I could tell you the amount of times growing up that I was almost in an accusatory way called deep or too sensitive you know, now I'm old enough and hopefully on most days self-possessed enough to embrace that and feel comfortable with it. I, although I still second guess it sometimes, I think it might be a little too much for people to handle. Mm-hmm. But I've managed to, you know, you start finding, I think the more you embrace who you are with all of the messy bits and pieces, yeah. the more you, um, the quicker you embrace yourself, the more you attract those that are like-minded that can embrace you. Yeah. And vice versa, you know, and that you share these things with. Yeah. So I too am, am a huge, but it took me so many years to really get to a place where rawness and a sense of authenticity was okay. I always thought you had to kind of sublimate it and hold it in, or I felt like I was the only one on the planet that that did it. Right. You know. Right. So I think that's a really important point you bring up, and yeah. and you're kind of deconstructing that by sharing what you're going through tonight. You know, um, which yep. is important. Yeah. yeah. Um, what else can we offer to everybody? Moving on, letting go. How do we, what's the best way to, I think you can't skip steps. Again, it's almost like the grieving process, the different stages of grief. Yeah. Um, You know, and you can't skip anything. You really have to go through each of those as much as we all want to because Mm -hmm. it feels like 
shite. Mm -hmm. I think it's really important to embrace and just be present and accepting. Like you said, just now that you've been judging yourself and I really understand that it's the, you know, shitting all over yourself as I think you say, Mm -hmm. um, which is, you know, I shouldn't feel this way or I should, you know, I, why am I still bemoaning? You know, why am I still mourning this relationship that has been over for years? Mm -hmm. The point is you are. Yeah. And so who's to judge that, especially you, Yeah, you know, but we all do it. We all do it. Yeah. And well, going back to what you said about not skipping steps, you know, there are no shortcuts to pain. No, there aren't. And I, I, I said years ago, I remember I wrote this in a poem that the pain won't be denied. It's going to come out somehow. Mm -hmm. It's either going to come out in a healthy way or it's going to come out sideways. Yeah. And so it's about dealing with it because it's an energy in and of itself Mm -hmm. that has a natural expression of wanting Mm -hmm. to come out of us. Mm -hmm. And so what it's not our natural state to feel for too long a period of time either. That's that's right. Good point. Good point. So it's about allowing it and not resisting it. You know, resistance is in the pain. Well, if you're in pain and you're resisting pain, it's like double the pain. Yeah. So it's like, that's why I've been not pushing myself, but really reminding myself, no, go right into the pain. That's where the healing is. Yeah. I, um, I've talked about this a little bit. It's been a while, but you know, in the last three years since I've been in this transitional period with work and money and creativity and Roman, like with really on every level, um, all at the same time. And it's been very, very hard. And I've had a few moments um, two, they have two happened last year, one on my birthday and one on Yom Kippur. I guess I know how to pick them, <laughs> but you know, and these were not, and I was on the phone with you on my birthday when this happened, uh-huh. but they were probably the, the biggest, deepest, most guttural out, um, pourings and releases of dark, deep, raw emotion I can recall. Yeah. And this includes having like dealt with death and, and people, um, really close to one person in particular that was deeply dearly close to me right um and i remember going through it and in those moments i didn't want to i didn't want to cry that hard i didn't want to hear myself make the sounds that were coming out of my body Mm. and i remember i was vibrating one of them actually happened the day after sam here now i'm remembering did a treatment on me so that's a story for another day right but the point is is that it was all releasing and coming out and i didn't want it to but then as i let it and when i was in it my body started vibrating Mm. and i was able to separate and say wow while this really is difficult Mm -hmm. this is really interesting and this feels really good i can't wait to get to the other side of it right and it helped me to you know we've all had very dark difficult challenging periods in our lives but when you're in that moment and you sort of notice that going toward it is not as scary as it is when you think about it it's really a fascinating occurrence yeah and afterward like you talked about earlier it makes space and, and you know i think what we're all meant to be doing constantly is sort of for lack of a better word, kind of gutting ourselves, kind of cleaning, you know, I, I liken it to like a pipe clean, a spiritual pipe cleaner. You're always sort of cleaning yourself out mm. and getting rid of these layers so that you can make more space for good stuff and abundance and joy to come in. Right. But we need to do the work to do that. You know? Right. Right. And no, and, and it's important. Um, it's important to, you know, be patient with ourselves and pace ourselves you know there's no rush to any of this it's a lifelong process Um, i I hate that part i know i I know but but the lessons get easier this one tonight yeah this isn't a great one that i'm learning but or you know that all of them that i'm learning but it's still a good thing in the long run but the other thing that i was thinking about what was i thinking about i just lost it oh is that um it's sort of like you know Oh, I totally forgot it. I had a great point that was so amazing. <laughs> was so Everyone good. be like, Rob is so smart. How do you even think of that? But it's basically... He um, didn't. I know. I know, <laughs> right? That's right. That's right. Oh, now I feel worse about myself. Thank you, Callie. I love you. So, um, no, but it is sort of just honoring that. And yeah, if it hurts, it hurts, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So what else can we offer to everybody else that's listening when it comes to sort of letting go and moving on moving on is I think maybe moving on you know change can be really scary sometimes we also get attached to what's familiar even if it's not what makes us happy right you know I'm not one to um, quote Dr. Phil but I was thinking about this quote on the way over here which you know I've heard him use over the years um, which was something to that effect like for people that are stuck in in behaviors that are not serving them Mm. whether it's a habit or a person or situation Mm. or a thought process and and the question is what is it that you'd be led go of if you let go of that thing behavior person right and often it's just the familiarity 
Right. Even though it's not rational, it's not bringing you to a place that's, you know, joyful. Right. Right. Yeah. Safer. You know, so in that way, I think that moving on also means that, you know, change is good and that maybe catching ourselves and, and redirecting our old patterns, our old ways of grieving, our old choices, mm-hmm. you know, it's a bold thing to do. It yeah. is. It's hard, but it's it can land you in a really beautiful place. Yeah, and we talk about on the show that the good stuff is outside the comfort zone, you know, so it's like when we step outside the comfort zone, that's when amazing things happen. I remember my point, which was uh, to stay in reality. Mm. And what I mean by that is, this was such a shift in my consciousness seeing her with someone else just the thought of it was such a shift in my consciousness that it's like surreal it's almost like an alternate universe like what like i'm her boyfriend you know that kind of thing where i have to adjust to reality and it's like um and so when i've when i have thought about it in the last week like maybe i could have done this or you know maybe you know i could have done that or whatever it is i keep following it through in reality like okay let's follow that to the end like the next thought and let's get to reality the reality of things is that we're not meant for the long run and we weren't a fit like that and no matter what i think or do or feel that's not going to change and so that is living you know, um, I've heard someone say life on life's terms like that is living in reality, not a fantasy of the way I wish things could have been or are. This is actually what's happening in reality. And it's important to stay in reality. And also not to over romanticize, because I also think we can all get a little bit. Um, is it masochistic or sadistic when it's yourself? Masochistic. You know, um, Ma- masochistic. With your, you know, with yourself about um, over romanticizing or overly romanticizing things that maybe weren't so great. Yeah. Sometimes it's more staying in the, you know, on Earth to remember all the things that w- didn't go so well. Yeah. You know, just as a way to keep a, as a barometer for reality. Right. Well, that's what, that's what I mean. Yeah. Is like look at the facts. Yeah. Like look at the facts of everything. You know, like maybe write down a list of all the reasons why you broke up with that person and look at that when you're going through the breakup. So when you start to reminisce or grieve or feel bad, you're not with them. You can remind yourself, oh, this is why I'm not with them. And these are the things that I've wanted with a partner and someone I can make a home with that I'll eventually meet. But in order to do that, I have to let go of the old person so I can welcome the new person. So I welcome you to hand me over all those old videos and cards or whatever it is that you've got, you know, sprawled across your apartment right now. <laughs> I won't do anything with them. I will give them back to you when you're ready. That's so but funny. I will hold them for, for safekeeping. Um, so bef- but before we go, also, yeah. so number one, thank you for being so um, yeah. vulnerable. Yeah. Because I think it's really, um, hope, you know, helpful for people. So yeah. that's well, number one. Thank you. I thank lo- you, Sam. I love you. And we will walk each other down the aisle sometime very soon, you and I. All right. I that's love my, you, too. That's my, that's my first um, vision for us. Right. Second of all, I just wanted to say that we, we've got some amazing guests coming yes. up in upcoming weeks. Yes. Next week, totally excited. Danielle Laporte, who is super soul sister, self-help guru. Guru, activist on um, Oprah's top um, self-help uh, hundred list. Sorry if I'm butchering the title of that. Really excited about that, um, and a variety of other guests that that are um, going to be coming coming weeks. So please uh, join us. We're we're very excited. Yeah, yeah. We have some really great guests lined up. So. With that, this is the end of another episode. Thank you, everybody, for listening. I really appreciate it, and I know Callie does as well. Take care, y'all.